The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Our show is all about the exciting world of real estate, and in particular, how it relates to the lucrative New York market. But if you're not planning a real estate transaction in New York, we still have plenty of information that you can use no matter where you are. Now, here's your host, Vince Rocco. Good morning, everybody. I'm Vince Rocco, your host. You are listening to Good Morning New York. It is Tuesday, February 21st. And I'd like to welcome our listeners from the United States and around the world. If you would like to call in, the number to call in is one 866 472 That's one 472 So buyers from overseas don't always have the greatest reputation in the world of New York City real estate. There's a broad perception that international investors are buying luxury condos, which then sit empty, leaving beautiful but vacant boxes scattered across the city's skyline. Last year, in fact, the New York Post even tried to unmask the foreign buyers who are turning the city into a secrecy haven to stash stash their cash through the use of shell companies or LLCs. Uh, A broker from Core recently was quoted saying that there are three reasons why foreigners purchase in New York City. Uh, The foreign buyer wants to purchase something for their child who's studying in New York. The foreign buyer wants to invest in New York City just in general. Uh, And the foreign buyer wants an apartment in New York City to use as a part-time residence or, as we say, pied-à-terre. Much of what is uh, on a foreign buyer's wish list would appeal to most New Yorkers as well. Views, great light, a lot of amenities, and the promise of a good return on their investments. I'm delighted today to speak to one of New York's most prominent real estate professionals this morning. Her name is Nikki Field, and she works at Sotheby's International Realty. Nikki has been a dynamic presence with Sotheby's International Realty since 1998, consistently ranking among the global agency's top two producers and accomplishing over $2 billion in sales. 2015, America's top 250 real estate professionals by the Wall Street Journal ranked Nikki in the top 44 agents in America, the top 10 in New York City, and the number two and number two at Sotheby's International for sales volume. Nikki has been traveling extensively to emerging markets in China to continue building on the growing global business of Sotheby's International, and we will talk about that more. Good morning to you, Nikki. Thank you for being here. Oh, good morning, Vince, and thank you very much for this honored invitation. Oh, I love it. Um, I want to talk about China in a few minutes, but there's so much more, you know, that we need to get to. So, just to start out, you know, I'm thinking, and as I ask everybody, you know, what, in your opinion, is the state of the local New York City marketplace right now? Luxury, non-luxury, just in general. Where are we today? amidst all of this this chaos that seems to be happening around the world. So you started off with a trick question. <laughs> the the market definitely is 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 influenced in a New York minute. We've been seeing such volatility, <laughs> such a ride, such an extraordinary degree of optimism and I will admit some pessimism that we're trying to read it minute by minute. I will say from my experience and certainly from the Uh, collaboration of the team which I work with um, that we are seeing extraordinary velocity right now. We're talking about today, Tuesday. Uh, Pre, and everyone knows pre-election, there was a slowdown, there was a hiatus, there was a freeze. Mm -hmm. Post-election, right on, 
right on the dot. November 9th, the phone started ringing. Local buyers got off of the sidelines and they started to put in offers. And why did they do that? They're well-educated. They've been sitting on the sidelines for a while. They know the market. They know the market better than their brokers often, and they know the market definitely better than the sellers. So their activity has been an extraordinary foundation to what we're seeing as far as contracts that have been signed in January and February of this year. Yeah, January February contract signings have been uh, amazing in, in our company, uh, very, uh, very big uh, increases. So let, let's talk a little bit then about the luxury marketplace. So, you know, in general, we see a lot more velocity these days, but the, how's the luxury marketplace doing? I'd say uh, $5 million plus, $5 million plus units. Is that still quiet or is that kind of moving along? Starting to take on some legs. As a matter of fact, there's a massive amount of more showings in the over $5 million mark and, and decidedly a number of them in the over $10 million mark. Just speak to any broker that's representing one now. We have been seeing some contract signs in actually even the over $20 million mark. Limited, not nearly the volume that we know of uh, just exactly a year-to-date uh, before us, but as confidence grows, as Wall Street continues to be very bullish about our election, very, we are confident that the aperture of the market is going to see the same type of energy that we're used to pre-June 2015, which was indeed the very uber top of our market. So you remain optimistic about the solid growth and health of the New York City residential marketplace. I have strong optimism, and we have data and activity that supports it. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing the same thing in my business. I think you said it properly. You know, we were s- sort of frozen up until November 8th, and then shortly thereafter, people started dusting themselves off and said, okay, so I do need to do stuff. I do need to purchase something. I do need to sell something. So I think it's about time. With a little bit of a slowdown for the holiday, which is typical, January, February seems to be you know, getting all of us back to what we like to do, and that's transact real estate. Right? What we're really excited about is the rebirth of the local market, because mm-hmm. we were all living off of the international market for almost three and a half straight years. Right. So these last few quarters where we see our New York buyer and our national buyer coming forward with, with strength, with confidence, really says a tremendous amount about the health of the market and the endorsement we have about real estate. I wanted to ask you about that, Nikki, because because you know you're right. You know for the longest time, especially in the in the luxury uh, side of the business, it was predominantly you know foreign investor types. Uh, so it's nice to hear from somebody like you who plays in this market all the time that there is a lot of New York purchasers and a lot of national purchasers on the high end, on the luxury end, for our real estate market these days. I mean that that's very that's very good to hear. Now not to say that the foreign buyers, and we're going to talk about that in a few minutes aren't there or aren't coming back, but it's great to hear that local people are spending this kind of money and local people are fueling our local market. Well, we have very, very smart investors and buyers in New York. That's how people, why people come to New York. Obviously, to succeed here means you have to have a certain degree of of savviness and intelligence. They have... uh, evaluated the market. They've watched these the seven-year run-up mm-hmm. uh, sitting on the sidelines, <clears throat> knowing that there would have to be someday a, a, a slowdown and perhaps a leveling of the market. They see it, they feel it, they're watching it, and they're jumping right in at the right time. I'm really impressed with many of my clients that held off Till this particular time. They were smart because now they're buying at a sensible number, mm-hmm. value-driven, mm-hmm. and they have a good investment. 
also it's all about your uh, your end goal, right? So the domestic buyer's end goal is very very different from many of our foreign buyers, right? So there is definitively a, a financial safe haven mindset about being able to bring money into the U.S. And so many times it all depends on what the governmental standpoint or situation is in the the domestic country of our foreign buyer. So depending on what the policies may be and how the policies may be changing really does drive a lot of when that investment money pours into the U.S. or not. So they have another sort of layer of considerations of when it is that they're able to move into a different market, whereas the domestic buyer is looking for exactly what Nikki said. And you also go into that sphere of, and Nikki said it perfectly, which is the international buyer definitely is very well educated. And I think that when you see the you know, foreign buyers who have come back to the table and are putting in offers, they weren't acting when we were getting into a bubble atmosphere again a few months ago, a year ago. They were smart enough to know that. And, you know, yes, there are sometimes those unicorns, international buyers who come in and they buy a $30 million property and they don't even negotiate at all. But, you know, in reality, most of them are extremely smart. And when they saw that bubble start to not crack, but, you know, chip away a little bit in the last few months and become more realistic is when they came back to the table and said, hey, I'm going to, you know, offer two or three percent off the asking price because it is more realistic these days. And, and that's who is the smart international buyer, in my opinion. And in the super high end, I, you know, you're absolutely right. There may be people who are who don't negotiate as much. What I find with anything that's less than that, maybe the Uber luxury market, like even up to the $15 million mark, uh, you actually see the foreign buyers being some of the, the, the more staunch negotiators, and they also take their time getting deals completed. Um, it, the turnaround time, I feel like on average with the foreign buyers tends to be a lot longer, um, obviously, because there's parents abroad or whatnot that they have to take into consideration. Uh, But yeah, it's not quite as much of like just a people coming in here and just plopping down money senselessly. You know, that is certainly not it. You are so correct. A lot of that also is directly related to the access to funds. Yes, The slowdown and getting these funds offshore over to us has has definitely affected their, their ability to perform and also the urgency that we once saw in the market. But the, the money is still flowing here. We're really mm-hmm. pleased with the confidence that the international buyer continues to have mm-hmm. in the safety of U.S. real estate, mm-hmm. specifically the one they want most, which is New York real estate. And, and the yeah, the safety is, is, is a big concern for most foreign investors because, you know, depending on where they're coming from, their money is not so secure. So coming here, it's going to be, and they're going to increase their, the value of their property over time. And regardless of anyone's point of view on this president or presidency, uh, given that he does have a background in New York City real estate and real estate in general, I think really does build quite a bit of confidence of at least the federal policies that would then affect local ones. <laughs> Nikki, let's talk a little bit about um, your new development. Nearly a month after giving another brokerage firm the boot, the developers of 212 Fifth Avenue tapped you to market the 47-unit luxury condominium conversion. Yay, in Nomad. 20, One of my favorite buildings. In uh, mine, oh, too. 23 of the building's apartments are, are, are already in contract, according to the developers. The units, the remaining units range in price from $4.1 million for a two-bedroom to $68.5 million for the building's top penthouse. 
How many units do you have left to sell there and how are the um, sales efforts going these days? Well, thank you so much for your interest in uh, 212 Fifth Avenue. We are thrilled. Sotheby's has just come on board within the last week. Um, and this is a decision made by Sotheby's that doesn't come that often. We are not sales and marketing representatives for many new developments, but this one above all others that we've been presented over the last few years, really was a resounding collaboration for our brand and the luxury brand of the property. We are working now for Madison Equities Mm -hmm. and Thor Equities, and they know how to build great real estate. Yes, they do. Uh, And I I do want to preface, uh, at least comment on your earlier remark. It is the nature of our business for there to be a bit of a, a turntable on representation. This is so normal for real estate in this market. Pre-early plans of new development are in a different market, often under different mm-hmm. representation. It is very, very normal. And certainly, as you look around the city, you'll see a second team coming in and getting their term at bat. The sellout has been remarkable at 212 Fifth Vince. Let me tell you, in the very dead, frozen market of the second and third quarter of 2016, this project was selling. We've hit over 50% in the worst market that we have seen in seven years in Manhattan. So what does that tell you about this project? As people were touring, as they were looking at all of their many, many options, this spoke to them. This reached out to them. They were committing with contract signing and deposits. We're really extraordinarily pleased now that we have a product that's ready. Uh, Closings began last week. We're ready for occupancy the first week of March. And if you get a chance, and I know, Perel, you've been there because you've sold there and, we're, and you're <laughs> probably the best testimonial of all, uh, all about the, uh, the superb quality of the product, come by. There's just been nothing at this level of finishes or at this level of design. It is a classic property on Madison Square Park with extraordinary views and light, but you walk in and you feel like you are on a Fifth Avenue grand co-op. The balance of rooms, the size of rooms, and I could go on and on and on, and I see... You know what? I I will back Nikki up on this when we We have to take a break. We're going to finish that on the other (laughs) side of the break. You're listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. I think there are several important traits that a successful real estate agent possesses, but one that I find my clients gravitate towards the most is trustworthiness. One of my first experiences was with a client that was looking for a two-bedroom apartment. I explained that I was new to the business and would understand if she wanted to work with someone more seasoned. Her response was heartwarming. She said that I was a breath of fresh air and that we could learn together. A month later, we were signing contracts on a beautiful penthouse, and ever since then, I've been working to build trust with each and every one of my clients. I'm Tali Brzezek with CORE, and this is what I do. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join host Gary Ray as he shows what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. 
VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. I'm talking to Nikki Field from Sotheby's International Realty, Perul Brombat from Compass, and Matthew Cohen from uh, Core Real Estate. (laughs) Forget where you work for a second. Yeah, I'm like, okay, where are we today? All right, we're talking to Nikki about uh, lots of things, and I want to get into the uh, foreign investor conversation because Wait, you before you, we do that you are before we that. do that I have to no, go back to 212 Fifth Avenue do it do that's it. not so, Nikki saying that <laughs> that is not Nikki this is Perul saying it we'll take it because I just simply have to say that there are very few buildings left in this city that are pre-war that are in a prime unbelievable location True. with treetop views I mean this building is pretty much everything that you could ask for 212 Fifth Avenue is one of my favorites in the city and uh, to all, everything that we were talking about, I think it was just something that was bringing all the different points together. And that is, you know, what kind of market has it been? And what about foreign buyers? And how are the domestic buyers doing? This building specifically, um, I've taken several domestic clients. And I have a domestic client who uh, is in contract at the building closing in March. We'll celebrate together, Pral. Yes, we will. I can't wait. Well, uh, good luck on that because you're right, it Perul. Is, it's a it stunning is building. It is all of these different mm-hmm. factors that are coming together in like such a perfect combination. And I really do believe that that location within a few years, and I never try to have a crystal ball to pinpoint an exact, but I really do see the prices very easily climbing to 5,500 and 6,000 a square foot mm-hmm. during resale periods and once this building is sold out. I, I, also, well. I also have to brown nose Nikki a little bit because she, <laughs> she said something that I think is really important for everyone out there. Um, you know, the whole idea of switching representation, it's not a bad thing. I think a lot of people look at it as, oh my God, the developers switch, you know, switch brokerages. Maybe they're more willing to do something. Maybe there's issues. There's not. It, it's very normal to switch representations. We, I like to call it my family, you know, just change of blood, new blood, um, which is a very casual way of saying it. But I, I have to say that where I'm going to brown nose is that I put Nikki in the sphere of amazing top, you know, real estate women in our industry mm-hmm. with I her, agree with that. you know, I, I will say your name again, Nikki Field, Emily Bear, Fabian Lecole. These people are incredible brokers who are also incredible people. And no one deserves such an amazing project more than you. So I'll give you a little brown nosing Woo! there. <laughs> we agree. We agree. <laughs> Listen, when there is a change, the when there is a change, you know, they they come up. Better with the be best, worth right? it. It, it better was be worth it. it. <laughs> let's talk about. Let's talk about. Thank the you, foreign all investors. my new best friends. <laughs> Nikki, at the Shanghai conference last fall, you said that the luxury market correction in New York has slowed some, you know, foreign buyers. You said, quote, they now understand that our market has softened a bit and they're looking for good value, strong opportunity and immediate return. There are no great deals in New York in particular and definitely no steals, but there still is value. So what in, 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 your, um, in your business, which again is I think 48% of your team's revenues in 2016 comes from international buyers, what are your thoughts on that today? I mean, do you see it kind of turning around a little bit, coming back to the U.S. market like it was before 2015, 2016? No, what I see coming up is a new balance of order. We have gone through the uh, 
the era of the international mm-hmm. buyer, which fueled obviously all of these new condominium sales and escalated those those prices up to unforeseen numbers. Uh, and they sidelined our local buyers. They really did. Our local buyers were looking for new opportunities, hence the birth of Brooklyn, uh, hence the birth of Queens, hence the exit to other areas. We have a new balance, which is extraordinarily healthy for our city, which means what we are seeing here is inequality. Our international buyer is still very, very bullish on U.S. real estate. Those that have great depth of wealth are specifically focused on New York. We know all the great reasons. They like the trophy element of owning and living in New York. They also have the proximity to the schools they'll be going to. But shall we speak about Asia first? Because we keep our ear to the ground there. We have an Asia desk that's been up and running since uh, 2008 now. So we have our team that is in Asia eight months a year. And certainly I make numerous trips there. Our Asian goals have changed Uh, and we're talking about all of Asia not specifically China but um, we're still seeing a tremendous amount of money coming in from Singapore Taiwan, the Philippines and definitely Hong Kong mainland China where we all are focused on and certainly spending a a great deal of our time learning their language Um, there's some new elements that we've been dealing with in the last couple of months and we find that our our Chinese buyers in particular on both sides of the Great Wall uh, have four levels of different concerns about New York real estate right now, and that's this minute. Our never um, our, our, our never before Chinese buyers that have not been to the States are a bit nervous with some uncertainty, and that's strictly what's coming out of Washington. Um you have to remember that the majority of Chinese get their fake news from WeChat. That's all they know. Mm-hmm. And WeChat is laden with mm-hmm. anti-Trump information right mm-hmm. now. Right. And this is making them nervous about a potential. What is their perspective? Like, what is their biggest fear? Their biggest fear is about the uncertainty of what this government may do in an anti-Chinese fashion. They're seeing it in the current ban, and they're wondering if it could happen to themselves. They Don't forget, they're hearing this negativity, and I must tell you that my advisors on the ground in China, specifically brokers and wealth managers there, are saying that local brokers and many wealth managers are now directing their Chinese and diverting them to, to Canada in particular and Australia. So some of the, I'll, I'll give you a great example. What happened in February mm-hmm. when we were looking for this massive uh uh, Madison and Fifth Avenue walk of the Chinese where they all come over to celebrate February mm-hmm. great shopping, shopping month. Yeah. Well, the numbers and expectations were far below below what we've mm-hmm. seen in the past. What happened? They were being many of them were being redirected to other locations. Those are the un um, educated. There's another level of Chinese buyer that knows the U.S., that has some experience with it, that may already be here or has been here. Their, their intelligence and news is not based on WeChat. So they have a more balanced understanding of what's happening in the world. They're still quite bullish on the opportunities here. They have less concerns and they are going forward. Well, you also have to think that whether it's a Chinese buyer, um, you know, anywhere in Asia or anywhere in the international world outside of the U.S., that people are nervous about the trade tariff. 
situation that Trump is trying to impose. You have to think that that is on people's mind and it's weighing on them. You know, I think what Nikki says about between the educated and uneducated is that a lot of the uneducated most likely think that that's a huge possibility and much greater Mm -hmm. possibility than the educated who knows that there are, you know, channels that Trump has to go through that he's been being shut down by Mm -hmm. lately and that it's going to be very hard for it to actually be approved. But I do think that the tariff situation um, worries anyone, including me. So I I see that. Excellent point, because Mm -hmm. this we're seeing right now what we saw post pre-election here in Manhattan, the uncertainty, the uh, the freeze activity down on Wall Street, and certainly the lack of people coming to contract. The perception about the unknown was um, was inhibiting people from going on with their normal financial dealings. We're seeing this now in many other places internationally. It's the perception of what we don't know. Will there be trade restrictions? Will there be visa restrictions? Will children in colleges be sent home and not able to return to, to the uh, school in- institution that they're at? So it's the unknown that is giving them cause for concern not for um, freezing their money. They're still spending, but they're looking at are there better options. So Mm -hmm. our job as real estate brokers, our job as consultants and advisors are to give them a clear comfort level on the the definite opportunities still to be had here in the U.S. And I'm going to focus on, sorry, Vince, I'm going to focus on one word that Nikki just said, perception. We yep. talk about this all the time. It's that as well as that. managing expectations is the biggest thing that mm-hmm. we as brokers should do because it's all about perception. It doesn't matter, it, not in real estate or whether it's you know in the financial markets or in the bond markets or in government. It's not about always what's actually happening as right. opposed to the perception of what's happening. And, I think and we take that into the Fed uh-huh. meetings as well. And why the market ebbs and flows with the Fed meetings that are going to happen this year, it's what the perception is of what's going to happen in those meetings. We have some real smart people on this panel. Thank yes. you for letting <laughs> me sit in. <laughs> yes, we do. I want We have a, a couple of minutes before we go to break, and, and I'm going to ask you to stick around for the for the next segment as well, because I think there's, there's still so much to talk about. Do I get paid any more for that? Sure you do. <laughs> so, you know, Europe, Europe how, how's the European or the, 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 the other side of the Asian market doing? Because I'm sure they're they're still focused on Brexit. They're still focused on things non, you know, maybe U.S. government, Washington related. Where is their head these days? Where, where are they investing these days, or are they? We have three key markets that we watch very carefully: the Asian one, which we just spoke about. Um, the Middle Eastern one, and the European market. And let me tell you really clearly, this is daily collab, uh, corroborated to me, uh, European investors are overwhelmingly distract, distracted by Brexit. And they have absolutely no interest right now in what's happening with Trump in the U.S., the border ban, the potential new laws, Brexit, Brexit, right. Brexit. To pr- paraphrase um, a Parisian uh broker that I, I do a lot of work with, he said, the French still are fleeing France right now due to obviously the taxes and they're looking for good investments and good opportunities. They often repeat a very, very similar chant. They're saying, we know Trump. 
He keeps his promises, and he's a businessman. Now, wow, that's a great endorsement coming from Europe. What does that say? Things are a lot worse there than they could ever be here. So we're looking at added volume and traffic coming out of Europe. No, I agree. I think that it's, you know, I have international clients who are anywhere from, you know, Dubai to Asia to, I even have clients in the small country of Macedonia. Um, And I mean, (laughs) think about, you know, a place that is kind of like a safe haven. Um, I definitely feel that the, your, my European clients are just taking a break and, and actually trying to figure out ways to go about life more recently. I want to talk more about Europe when we come back on the other side of the break. You are listening to Good Morning New York on the Voice America Variety Channel. Don't go away. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, real estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody. We are back. We're talking to Nikki Field from Sotheby's International Realty, Matthew Cohen from Core Real Estate, and Perul Brombat from Compass. I want to get back to the European uh, side of the conversation, Matt. I had to cut you off for a little bit there because I'm, I'm very interested. You know, all markets foreign are, are you know, important to New York City real estate. But what 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 when are the Europeans gonna, I guess, relax a little bit more and 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 come back? So while we were off air, you know, um, brainstorming together, Parole mentioned something that's really uh, a huge factor that I'll add on to what the European market is thinking of. But between Brexit and you know the currency, they're having issues with. Just think about it, the pound is low right now. Um, you know, as Nikki said in Paris, they're having major tax issues, um, or not tax issues, just high taxes that are being imposed. I actually ran into someone yesterday on the subway when I was heading back uptown to go home. Um, this guy was sitting next to me, and he was looking at his subway map on his phone, and I thought he was trying to figure out how to get somewhere. And I was like, "Where do you need to go?" Trying to be a nice. 
person. And um, he was like, oh, no, no, no. I actually know exactly where I'm going. I, I live in Harlem and he's from Paris and he had a very strong French accent. And he said something like, I'm loving exploring the city because I had to move because of the taxes. And and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. Like, I'm, I'm totally adding on to my own talk as a broker. But um, but no, the big thing is perception. And that's what parole was, was speaking about when we were off the air is the fact that, you know, Europeans are definitely worried after what happened with Brexit and how quickly some of their policies changed overnight legitimately. They get worried about policies changing in the U.S. Yes. with someone like Trump. And, you know, little do they know the government's set up so that someone like the president does not have extreme power and you don't have. However, you know, I think the difference is exactly that. I think that. Well, that's where the perception it, comes in. I, I think. think in the past, the idea, the perception of the U.S., is that there's such a balance in or it's such a checks and balances system that policies can't change so drastically so quickly or so quickly. So now what I am seeing at least with with my more educated specifically Asian buyers, um, all kinds of Asian, Indian as well, um, what I really have I have seen their concerns be is they do understand that there's a little bit lesser of a check, checks and balance system here. And as a result of that, they find the idea, of long-term policy change an actual viable threat in a way that they never saw it before. Yeah, and it's with the uneducated comes, you know, I got a, I love my favorite iPhone app is, uh, after Street Easy, of course. Um, my favorite iPhone app is WhatsApp. And I'm sure we all have it with our international clients. And one of my clients who's from Singapore, who I went to boarding school with years ago, um, he said to me, oh my God, did you see the news that Trump is already campaigning for his 2020 election and and i was like yeah it's 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 a joke um and so it's it's ridiculous like he hasn't even been in office for you know a month or two months whatever (laughs) um and and my client in singapore said oh well that worries me about long-term policies you know what if you know everyone makes that the crazy move again to re-elect him you know how can you how can you think so far you know what it's crazy one election at a time exactly (laughs) okay fine this this president is a, a little bit um you know, Different. <laughs> a, a little narcissistic Different. is the word that was coming <laughs> to fine. mind um, in the sense that he is going to put the Im- his image and that that growth factor forward and probably more in a forward facing way. But let's let's think about it. I feel that, in fact, I think once Vince and I were talking about I am a big proponent of one six year term for presidency versus even a second election, because it seems that every president the first four years is very conscious of what it is that whatever they decide to put into into action, at least the first two to three years, especially, and how that's going to affect the re-election. Then year four is actually an election year, and then the president is so much more focused on the election than policy anyway. So I really do think that there's something to be said for all of that in general. But I don't think he's doing anything that much differently than any other president. Agreed. Nikki, let's talk about the, the Middle East. You say many Middle East Investors feel real estate assets have sustainable revenues and valuations in the present. These guys still trust tangible assets whose revenues and valuations are relatively unaffected by the recent election. So, two things. That's what I said. That's what you said. Thank you for quoting me <laughs> verbatim. But, but I, but I want to ask you two things. So, how much of your business is focused in, in the Middle Eastern region? And secondly, these proposed border bans from the new uh, American administration, is that going to affect people investing on this side of the, the ocean? All right, great question, and one that we certainly have been 
hyperactive with in the last uh, few weeks. Let's talk about the Middle East first. I'm so pro-Middle East opportunity that we opened up a Middle East desk um, second quarter of last year. And it's in collaboration with our uh, Middle East partners in Dubai. Dubai? Yes. That's very forward thinking, especially given the Brexit concerns and money moving from the Middle East out of Europe into where? Let's talk about that, Carol. We're following the money, as always. absolutely. We as uh, financial advisors are following the money and the money is no longer staying in the Middle East. It is absolutely being funneled out and we want to see a part of that and we want to be the correct advisors to those portfolios. But good question, um, Vince. Let me tell you, they are extraordinarily savvy and well-educated investors around the world. They know the climate at the right time to pounce. And right now they're pouncing here in the U.S. Uh, There may be a little bit of a dip in some conversations in the last couple of weeks because of the border ban, there is some concerns, but they're too smart to know that it's going to be long term. They do not take it on face value. They know that it's noise. And that's I hear that. I think that's just noise. Where's the opportunity? I'm moving it in. How quickly can we move it in? And especially in New York City, uh, there is still too much money chasing too few assets. And these guys from the Middle East, and women, a few, are in the middle of it. They're chasing the big assets, they're securing some of them, and they're securing quite a number of them over value. So they're not afraid to overpay. I'm putting my money on the Middle East buyers right now. Interesting. For all you brokers listening, I agree. find I yourself agree. a few because that's your immediate future. I agree. And where, where do you find them coming from mostly aside from Dubai? I mean, are they coming from the entire region? Saudi Arabia, Saudi Emirates, Arabia. definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, Dubai is obviously a strong funnel. Um, we, we feel that they may step and often they come directly from London because they are deep in London and London is no longer proving an opportunity market. So next step over, what, as we all know, what happens in London in real estate next happens in Manhattan. And here they are again. I know it sounds like I've been agreeing with everything Nikki's been saying, but you're just so <laughs> on point. What do I say? Yes, um, I, couldn't agree, I couldn't agree more. The last three investment transactions I did with clients in the Middle East Two were from Dubai, one's from Saudi, um, and they all have investments in London. And not only were they moving some of their funds and diversifying it to here, but also I find that the Middle East is the most technical of people because these are people who not only were they numbers crunching where I'm, I'm the analytical one usually and they're doing the numbers crunching, but they're also crunching the rental numbers and they care so much about the immediate rental return, even though they know it's more of a long-term investment because they want to make sure that month to month they are on top of those numbers. And whereas I've had clients from Asia who, you know, purchase for investment and they're less worried about their rental, you know, potentially sitting there empty because they're so focused on the rental number they want, even if it's unrealistic and they are just more into the overall return over the years. So I, I, I truly appreciate the technicality. Matthew, you're right on it. Yep. Excuse me one second. Oh, on our it. Middle East desk that we a call that we just had last Thursday to our, our seven offices over there, they were consistently referring to Trump. Trumponomics, Trumponomics, Trumponomics. They're looking at the data of what's happening here, or at least the noise about what's happening here, directly filtering it through 
their opportunities and their evaluation of risk level. And they know one thing that we all know, that 2017 is looking far, far stronger mm-hmm. for the Middle East buyer than 2016 did. But, but, but talk about talk about risk level, and I agree with you 100%. So hypothetically speaking, you know, so what are they – what do they really think the noise level is going to turn into? I mean, because it could turn into something that's not going to be great for them or it can turn out to be just complete noise. Here's or are they the, even thinking that that deep into it? I think they have to pay some respect to it because it's happening. It's all over the news and everyone wants to discuss it. I do not think they give it much credence at all. I, and that's I, certainly what we're hearing from the big banks, the big family funds, that's sovereign wealth. That's great. Sovereign wealth is not so, buying this story. Right. They feel that there continues to be great opportunity in the U.S. I sort and of and light, there is. I sort of lightheartedly said this in just a casual conversation but I said you know what maybe being in the Middle East like being in the middle of the the world's thought processes is probably such an advantage and that comment had come from the fact that Asian Indian buyers tend to be super cautious like overly analytical overly cautious overly worried and sometimes they look so solidly at the the short-term drivers of what's happening um, in a market uh, that it c- becomes almost a debilitating or it's much h- more difficult to convince them to just go ahead and take the plunge on longer-term drivers. What I've found with Middle Eastern buyers is they don't have, they have almost like the, the number crunching of the Eastern cultures, but they also have a little less, uh, they, they almost have a little bit more culturally, uh, there isn't as much fear driving their decisions and they seem to see what I call the kind of Warren Buffett point of view much more clearly, which is they don't focus so much on the deltas as much as the overall trajectory. Um, and I think that that's really the way we have to look at this market. Well, they focus on the and to, you know, just describe that in a different way for the public, I guess. You know, they, they look at it more of an of a just factual decision as opposed to an emotional decision. And and I think that, you know, one of the things that I love about my clients in the Middle East is on a technicality basis, they also are so technical about their news. So, you know, they they know that, <clears throat> excuse me, they know that half the news out there is BS, you know, excuse my language. But, you know, that's what more people in Asia, for example, should get on board with. Um, because then it, you know, knowing what is the real news versus the fake news is how you're going to make your judgment when you're living abroad, as opposed to just mm-hmm. having us to advise you on. And, and I always, to diversify the conversation, one of my favorite topics to bring up in life is golf. And I think that a great example of this is when Tiger Woods went and built a golf course just off of the Dubai Strip. And it was a very big just, you know, um, topic of conversation. And, you know, there was a lot of news about it that was bad because of Tiger Woods and what he was going through with his divorce and cheating on his wife and all that. And Dubai said to themselves, okay, we could focus on the BS news of his, you know, personal life, or we could see the revenue that Tiger Woods as a brand brings to everything he puts his name on. And guess what? One of the most, you know, um, one of the biggest returns of any golf course in the world. So, Obviously, they take it less emotionally. All right, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we have a couple more questions uh, and, and thoughts with regard to the foreign market. This is Good Morning New York. Don't go away. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Real estate isn't just a career for me. It is my passion. And nothing drives my passion more than my clients. One of my clients who's based overseas has bought several apartments with me sight unseen. At the closing table, he turned to my attorney and he said, no one is more intellectual than Matthew. He has my best interests in mind and allows me to spend millions of dollars on real estate in New York a year. I trust him like I would a member of my family, and there is nothing more special or unique than that. I'm Matthew Cohen with CORE, and this is what I do. The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. Voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Good Morning New York, Real Estate with Vince Rocco. If you want to call into the program, we're toll-free in North America at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, we are back. I'm talking to Nikki Field. She is still with us, thank God, and uh, Perul Brumbat and Matthew Cohen. Nikki, uh, uh, and this is a year ago, but in, in my research, a report issued last spring, it's almost a year ago, said the Chinese investment in existing U.S. real estate assets could total more than $218 billion over a four-year period, 2016 to 2020. So we're, we're, we're kind of almost in the middle of that. Given that 48% of your team's business uh, last year comes from the international buyers, how, how focused are you on that particular $218 billion? And how often, I think you said you had three um, global desks out there that you check into every day, or is it every day? How often do you check in with these people? We actually have it on site. We have our Asia desk in our offices uh, inside my team. We have our Middle East desk inside our offices, too, manned with people from these locations that have worked in these locations, that monitor these locations and travel there regularly. All of our business, almost all of our business is done with wealth managers. Got it. So we have a pretty good idea of how much money is being moved specifically through the wealth managers. Their clients come in, they've got X amount, whether it's millions or billions, uh, they're told generally, strategically, where they'd like to see it. And the wealth manager reaches out to my team looking for opportunities, not just in Manhattan. I mean, we certainly steer them many, many other opportune places. The Chinese in particular love Toronto. It's a really healthy depository for Asian money right now. I'm hearing that, It continues to grow, so particularly in this this wrinkle of time. It's the most international city in uh, the Western Hemisphere. Without a doubt. But we still are putting our money on international investment in New York. We'd like a good chunk of that, almost $300 billion. My sources tell us, and you were talking, the numbers that you quoted were, uh, that investment was for U.S. real estate, mm-hmm. both commercial as well as residential. Correct. But we understand that over $100 billion has been spent now to date. And there's a whole lot more coming forward. 
What about the 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 uh, South Florida market? Uh, the foreign investors still focusing on that or not really? I mean, I hear both sides of that story. A new land of opportunity. Yeah. I mean, who would have thought just a year ago that we would call Miami or Miami Beach a land of opportunity? Get down to Brickell City. Incredible product there. Incredible. Uh, Knock your socks off. Steroid level of amenities. Uh, (laughs) Buy now. Buy fast. By many, mm-hmm. because it's a great opportunity. You know, since since the uh, election in November, so we're already I don't know three months into this um, new administration, we all watch and we've all seen that the the current stock market is just exploding, and it seems to be reaching new heights. You know, almost every week as I as I watch CNN and watch the news, how is that affecting? Your bid, and and again, not necessarily foreign investors, but are you seeing an increase in your buyers uh, as a result of the robust, strong stock market? Because it usually takes a couple of months for the or or a year mm-hmm. for the real estate market to catch up to a very good or very bad stock market. But well, I'm seeing I'm seeing faster things happening today. Yeah, let's circle back to the beginning of our discussion this morning. That's the reason the local buyers are off the bench. All right, they're seeing their investment portfolios significantly increasing. Uh, the day the Dow hit twenty thousand, mm-hmm. our phone—I fo- swear to you, yeah. fifteen of us, mm-hmm. our phones did not stop mm-hmm. ringing. The bell went off. Time to buy. Mm-hmm. Market seems to be soft. There's a lot of inventory. What should I buy? Parents were telling their children. Children were telling their parents. Mm-hmm. Friends were telling their enemies. Are you stupid? You're not buying right now. This stock market has been the single best, biggest boom and blessing to the Manhattan real estate market that I've seen. And bank in the bonuses last few years. are looking like I, they're I going to be that. exceptionally strong. Um, it seems that some of the policies, if they do go through are going to be massive savings for the banks, which always fuels our real estate market domestically. Dodd-Frank, if it goes away, or even the perception of it going away is getting people very excited. He's not going to stop saying perception now that we keep talking about it. Um, My word for the day. Confidence and and perception are the words of the day for real estate every day. Absolutely. And to extend on Nikki's local term, um, you know, let's talk about the smart local buyers because that is who it's affecting the most. Um, and to get off of a, even a real estate market focus, if you look at the micro and macroeconomic mm-hmm. sphere, you have to think that if you are a smart, logical investor, no matter what you're investing in, when a certain investment hits a close peak, not hits its peak, because we don't want to say that you know the market's hit know. its peak, we never know. So, But if it's getting to a peak, you diversify. So if you had a lot of money in the stock market and when it hit the Dow that when it hit twenty, the Dow that day, I'm sure you're real estate. Exactly. I'm sure you're getting calls because people were like, I'm gonna take some of that money out now and diversify right. it elsewhere. Absolutely. And that's what I did too. So <laughs> personally. Yes. Listen, all of us here who have been in this business for a long time, me fifteen years, as I always talk about, you know, there I don't believe that there is any better investment anywhere than in real estate. And I'll add New York real estate to that because I, I don't know too many people who have lost money in an investment here in New York City. I really don't. And that's clearly why <laughs> these tens of thousands of your listeners are here today. They buy that as well. I want to talk to you about your book. So tell us about it. Um, give us all the the information. Nikki Field is quite accomplished, as you know. You can certainly hear through this program today, and she's been in the business for a long time. 
but she's also had a past. So a, a, a brilliant marketeer, if I remember correctly. So tell us about the book. And, and she's and a celebrity. I look at you as a celebrity. Like you should see the well, way she, she looks like a no celebrity. One, Possibly in no this one room. Can, That's the only place. No one can see her today, but she's dressed in the coolest green dress along with yeah. the coolest blue heels. Like what? what are, you I know, still have a single status. daughter. You're st- <laughs> oh, I'm there. You're styling today, but you but, always do. But, but let's talk about the book. Let's do it. <laughs> we have four minutes to go, so I want to get this book in. Thank you for asking, Vince. I really You're appreciate welcome. it. Uh, yet to be released. We're expecting it out in March. It's the definitive guide to U.S. real estate written in Chinese. So Amazing. you can have the book and send to all of your Chinese clients and friends. But it is actually I'm just a co-author of it. I have to be transparent. There are twelve. No, real- you wrote it not in Mandarin by yourself. <laughs> not, not by myself. But there are twelve. Wow. There are twelve other uh, co-authors, and they're nationally known um, leaders in the real estate field from all over the U.S. And I happen to write the chapter about New York. The most interesting chapter in the book, I will add, but it is, um, it, it as I said, it'll be released in March. Uh, anyone who'd like a copy, just go to NikkiField.com. We'll be certain to get one to you. We will be having a book tour throughout the United States, and we expect to generate a lot of business through this. What I was going to say, I was going to ask you about, you know, your thought on generating some business out of this. I mean, I think it's a great idea. And will you take that also on the road, you know, internationally? Yes, actually, the first releases are in Shanghai and Uh my team over there is doing the first book signing. I taught them my signature Uh, and I'll be heading over there in April as well. But we'll do the tour of all the major cities in China, definitely stopping off in Beijing, uh, a little nod to the government. Actually, some of the local dignitaries there said they were going to put together a reception for us. It's it's very proactive. Chinese consumer. So it's not that we're telling the Chinese consumer to take all of your money and and uh, and uh, ferret it out of the country. It's about the opportunities that lie in the United States, particularly for those that are already there. And the government has been supportive. So we're really pleased that we have their support. And we're looking forward to a, a big um, uh a big, a large amount of interest from the Chinese population. What does this mean? That they in turn will then be going to their wealth managers, will then in turn be advising them now that they know so much more because they have the ultimate guide to buying real estate in the USA, helping them facilitate their goals. I can't think of a, a, of a better concept. I mean, that, that's, it's a brilliant brilliant idea and I know the way you market stuff so I can just imagine what's what's going to come of this and I don't know if Nikki knows this but a lot <clears> of our <throat> listeners are real estate brokers in the city so I think it's yeah. a great present for closing gifts for all you brokers out there I think it's a great closing I'm gift. first online to get one that's for sure Signed, of course. Oh, well, we, we, <laughs> yes, the of personal course. We, we, have, we have like one and minute. And we would like you to sign it for us, <laughs> not somebody else. We have one minute left, and I've always been a big fan of yours going back to my early days in, in New York real estate. I can't remember what attracted me to, to you know, following you so so much back in those days, but it was it was amazing, and it's sort of charted me, I think, in a way to want to become very successful in this, in this town. My, my last question to you is, so... What's next for Nikki Field? I mean, what? where do you go from here? You've done everything and everything so well. What do you do next? Or do you continue to just Hopefully kill an it invitation in to return to <laughs> Vince Rocco's Good Morning New York show. 
That's definitely going to happen. I'm out of time, unfortunately. That's our show for this week. <laughs> Thanks to my guest, Nikki, and my panel, as always. Here's hoping that you make this a great week, and I look forward to being right back here next week, same time, same place. Be kind to one another, please, for all of us at Voice America all around the world. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join us for another edition of Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Here's hoping all of your transactions are successful ones. 